Secretary of State Anthony Blinken went to China, where he assumed a submissive posture and was granted an audience with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Blinken's trip telegraphed weakness. Together with Blinken's shocking assurance that the United States does not support Taiwanese independence, the ill-advised trip makes a shooting war with China all the more likely. Plus, in our Behind the Headlines segment, the president of the Human Rights Campaign is embarrassed during her Senate testimony on men playing women's sports. Former Minnesota State Representative John Thompson's son is charged with 10 counts of criminal vehicular homicide, and debris from the Ocean Gate Titanic submarine is found. I'm Doug Wardlow, and this is Founding Principles. It is time to go on offense. This is Founding Principles with Doug Wardlow. China has an evil government, and that government controls China with an iron fist. Nothing goes unseen. Nothing the Chinese Communist Party disagrees with goes unchallenged or unpunished. Over here in the United States, we are supposed to be the good guys. We are supposed to be the bastion of freedom in the world, fighting for liberty and the rule of law. So why did we just send our top diplomat over to China to beg and make nice? Why are we looking the other way as the CCP runs roughshod over the Chinese people with absolute impunity? And why are we not standing up to this evil that stares us in the face? I have spent many episodes detailing the horrific abuses of the Chinese Communist Party. Xi Jinping and his lackeys will do literally anything to stay in power and achieve the party's goals. They have imprisoned and tortured millions upon millions in their vast gulag system. Anyone can be disappeared, that's the term the Chinese people use, forever, taken off the street from their job or out of their very own bed without warning or cause. The people of China live in constant fear. The wrong word, the wrong text, the wrong phone call, even the wrong internet search can land you in the gulag. Once there, you're screened for possible organ harvesting, especially if you're a Uyghur. Forced abortions are common, as are rapes in the name of spreading the Han Chinese ethnicity. The CCP is trying to reshape its demographics by killing off minority groups. They call it re-education, but anyone who has survived the gulags knows better. If you don't end up in the gulags, your social credit score will plummet. No travel for you, no credit cards, no internet access, and now they are watching you. One slip up and it's off to the gulag. Once you're on the CCP's list, you never leave it. Everyone in the nation is looking over their shoulder 24-7. What a terrible way to live. And the CCP has literally millions of security personnel with many different agencies to keep tabs on its citizens. In short, there is no freedom in China. None. The CCP engineers the entire society so that everything that happens in the country benefits Xi Jinping and the ruling party in some way. As for the rest of the world, the CCP wants to spread its authoritarian dictatorship to every corner of it. Their Belt and Road Initiative entraps poorer nations with mountains of debt as CCP corporations promise a better life with more infrastructure, jobs, and prosperity. But there are strings attached. In the end, the CCP controls new ports, mines, airports, rail lines, and the like, getting rich from the unfair loan practices and spreading their influence worldwide. They are literally playing Monopoly with the planet, and we are letting them. But China's immediate neighbors have the most to fear, especially Taiwan. Leader for Life Xi has made it abundantly clear on many different occasions that Taiwan is a part of mainland China, a part of Chinese communism. In February 2023, CIA Director Burns let us all know how serious Xi is about retaking Taiwan. He said, quote, We know as a matter of intelligence, Xi Jinping has instructed the People's Liberation Army to be ready by 2027 to conduct a successful invasion of Taiwan, close quote. Xi's statement is a clear indication of the CCP's intentions. Add to that the fact that Xi refuses to renounce the use of force over Taiwan. During his speeches in October 2020, uh, 2022 at the 20th Communist Party Congress in Beijing, Xi said, quote, 
We will not renounce the use of force and will take all necessary measures to stop all separatist movements in Taiwan. He also said, quote, we will never promise to renounce the use of force and we reserve the option of taking all measures necessary. And then there was this. He said, quote, complete reunification of our country must be realized and it can without, be doubt, without doubt be realized. You see, in Xi's mind, the annexation of Taiwan to mainland China will happen. And no matter what the CCP says about peace, they are preparing for war. It's the Sun Tzu way. Listen to this from Senator Dan Sullivan on the Senate floor a couple of weeks ago during a hearing on June 1st. He said, quote, I think the presiding officer was there when we had a briefing from some of our top intelligence agency officials. It was a classified briefing, and I asked him if this number was classified. They told me no. They came out and said the real Chinese budget, in terms of the military, is probably close to about $700 billion. That is a big budget. As Senator Cotton mentioned, they are increasing in real terms, 6, 7, 8%, cranking out ships, cranking out fifth-generation aircraft. And we are going to cut the budget this year and dramatically cut it next year and go under 3% of the GDP in one of the most dangerous times since the end of World War II? Close quote. How many times have we heard that our military budget, which will be around $850 billion for fiscal year 24, is larger than the next 10 countries combined? We are so far ahead, they can never catch up. Indeed, at the 14th National People's Congress this past March, Beijing announced a defense budget of about $228 billion, almost 8% more than the previous years. Our defense budget is almost four times the size of, size of communist China's, right? But is it really? No, it's not. Look at that $700 billion number in that Senate testimony. They are catching up quickly. They are fooling Biden and Blinken, running circles around them. And all of the CCP's efforts are directed at one tiny island, Taiwan. As for our $850 billion defense budget, only $170 billion of that is for weapon acquisition, and $145 billion is for testing and research and development. And a full $30 billion is for munitions. We must replace the huge amounts of ammunition we've been sending to Ukraine. We are not light years ahead of communist China anymore. So, what are we doing about an evil communist nation that has designs on our free and democratic ally? Well, before the spy balloon fiasco, we were about to send our top diplomat to communist China to try and improve relations. But Biden was forced to rescind that dip diplomatic venture in the face of China's massive spy balloon that they sent over our country and we did nothing about as it surveilled military bases. Biden's team has been trying hard to reschedule the meeting ever since. Biden and Blinken just don't see the CCP for the threat to the world that it truly is. And now we have more proof. Just a few days ago, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken traveled to China, and he met with dictator Xi Jinping himself. One of the major goals of that trip was to restart military-to-military -military communication between the PLA and the U.S. military. The CCP has frozen high-level military communications with the Pentagon and turned down Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's attempts to speak to his Chinese counterpart. And, in addition to flying a spy balloon over sensitive military sites across our country, the Chinese have become more aggressive all over the South China Sea. In May, a Chinese fighter buzzed a U.S. military aircraft there. Watch this. Nice. That's not provocative or anything. Go talk to any military pilot. That was flat out dangerous and reckless. It's like they want something bad to happen. Maybe it would spiral into something more serious. Don't be fooled. They want conflict, eventually. And back in April, the CCP had a fit when Taiwanese president, the Taiwanese president visited the U.S. and sat with Speaker McCarthy in California. They essentially blockaded Taiwan for three days and held a mock invasion. But let's not forget the Chinese spy base in Cuba. 
That's right. Our people are saying that China has had a spy base in Cuba for some time now. But just this week, we learned that Xi's minions are in talks with Cuba to build an actual military base there. Apparently, the base will be part of China's Project 141, a plan to build a worldwide network of military bases and logistics centers. PLA troops 100 miles off the coast of Florida. Perfect. Let's hurry up and meet with their leaders to improve relations. We should be thankful Biden and Blinken are looking out for us and are running to Beijing to meet with Xi, right? It's ridiculous. So, how did the meetings go? Well, in addition to meeting with Xi, Blinken also met with China's top diplomat, the director of the Chinese Communist Party Central Committee Foreign Affairs Commission Office, Wang Yi. Here's a brief snippet from the meeting transcript published by the CCP-controlled Global Times. Wang said, quote, Safeguarding national unification will always be the core of China's core, the core of China's core interests. It concerns the fate of all Chinese people, and it is the unswerving historical mission of the CCP. On the Taiwan question, China has no room for compromise or concession. Close quote. No room for compromise. Once again, they are pretty clear on the Taiwan issue. Oh, and they flat out turned down our begging to restart military to military communications. But Xi and Blinken agreed to stabilize U.S. China relations. So that makes this a huge win, right? No. That's the Reuters headline, though. Xi Blinken agreed to stabilize U.S.-China relations in Beijing talks. Seriously? We ran over there begging for military communication. They looked down at us and said no, and then for good measure, reminded us that there will be no compromise on Taiwan. Smack down. And the minute Blinken is able, he runs to a camera and drops this on everyone. On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. one-China policy. Uh, that policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. I mean, are we trying to start a war? What is the number one rule when dealing with murderous dictators? Do not appease them. You would have thought they learned this lesson by now, but no. Agreeing with the CCP that the Taiwanese have no right to independence is a very obvious form of appeasement. The CCP is showing the world what their intentions are and how they will realize them. They are in the midst of the largest and fastest military buildup the world has seen, all while incessantly droning on about reunification with Taiwan. How many times does the CCP have to fly 50 fighter jets into Taiwan's aircraft identification zone before we get the point? The status quo that Blinken mentioned, this nebulous gray area where Taiwan is part of China, but not part of China. It's free, but it's not free. We recognize it, but not formally. Twice, Biden actually pledged to defend Taiwan if China attacks, but both times the White House quickly walked back his comments. The CCP is using the status quo to its advantage. As we dither in the status quo, China uses the time to bolster its ability to, to change the status quo. And what do we do? We go on and on about not changing the status quo. It's madness. And all of Biden's people are in on it. Listen to the CIA director from February. He said, quote, I think it's very much in our interest as a policy matter in the United States to make clear our commitment to this status quo, to make clear we are not interested as a country in changing the status quo, that we are deeply opposed to anyone trying to change that unilaterally, especially by the use of force, close quote. And in early June, Defense Secretary Austin said that the United States is, quote, determined to keep the status quo and that we do not seek confrontation or conflict. Okay, I have to ask, have any of them heard of World War II? In the CCP, we have a powerful, murderous dictatorship that has been very plain about its desire to spread its influence and take territory. We cannot assume that will do the right thing when they'll do the right thing when their power reaches a level where they could act with a chance of success. Why do you think they are building their military and lying about their spending on it as fast as they can? So they can have the parades and, and look at their shiny new toys? No. 
They intend to use their armor to force their way upon their neighbors and the world, either by force or the threat of force, probably, probably both. So we can either sit here in the status quo, watch them achieve military parity with us, and hope they don't decide to try anything, or we could do something about it now while we are still in the driver's seat. Except we already know the CCP will try what the CCP will try once they have enough power. They believe unification of Taiwan with Ch communist China is inevitable. And unless the Taiwanese decide to go willingly, well, there will be conflict. Here's a little secret. The Taiwanese will never go willingly. They see themselves as independent because they are, and they won't give up their freedom to the CCP, nor should they. Biden and Blinken need to stop playing right into the hands of Xi and the CCP. Instead of appeasing them and begging them to avoid conflict, we need to show strength and stand up to them in every way that we can. One problem. Biden has, has, has shown nothing but weakness ever since he took office. Once the CCP saw him cut and run in Afghanistan, the game was up. There was too much blood in the water for the CCP sharks to resist. But we can change that. No more state visits. No more begging for communication. No more throwing Taiwan under the bus. Look at that picture. That's a lion about to eat a wounded zebra. Blinken is clueless. He doesn't even realize he's being eaten alive. Evil regimes like the CCP only understand strength. Agreeing with them and stating publicly that we do not support Taiwanese independence is beyond foolish. That kind of talk only ensures more aggression from the likes of Xi. We cannot defeat communist China by being nice and playing their game. We must take the initiative and force them to play our game. We must put pressure on them, force them to make decisions they are not ready to make, force them to use resources they are not ready to use. But how do we do that? Throwing the status quo out the window entirely, well, that would be a good start. Blinken should have to come out and said, should have come out and said we absolutely do, do support Taiwanese independence. We should formally recognize Taiwan now, and we should sign a defense treaty with them and every other Asian Pacific nation that we can. What is the, what is the CCP going to do? They are not ready to fight us along with Japan and South Korea, the Philippines and Australia. We need to call their bluff now while we still have the much stronger hand. Every month we wait, their hand grows stronger while ours stays about the same. Xi has put a massive amount of political and real capital into the notion that Taiwan will be unified with communist China. Calling his bluff and forcing him to show his hand now, when we know he isn't ready, would waste most of that effort and all those resources that Xi has put into this Taiwanese unification scheme. And he has put a lot into it, more than he has into anything else. Forcing his hand now, when we know they can't beat us, will prevent a shooting war. It will destroy Xi's credibility within the CCP and within China. It may even open opportunities to help usher the CCP out of power. It's time we stood up to Xi and the CCP on everything, but especially on Taiwan. Blinken and Biden's weak appeasement policy can only lead to a catastrophic war. It's just one more reason why the next U.S. presidential election is so incredibly important. Well, if you like the content that we're providing, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Like the video. If you're listening to the audio podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Doing each of those things helps us tremendously. So on to behind the headlines. First up today, a leftist testifier claimed that no man could beat Serena Williams in tennis. Unfortunately for the testifier, she found out just moments later that a male tennis player ranked 203rd worldwide defeated both Serena and her sister Venus quite easily. It wasn't particularly close. Kelly Robinson, the head of the Human Rights Campaign, and Riley Gaines testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, this week. Gaines gave her testimony as a female athlete who lost against a man pretending to be a woman, that is, Leah Thomas. In her testimony, Gaines stuck with the obvious truths every one of us knows. While the human rights campaign president decided to claim that men and women aren't really different at all, that women's sports aren't all that valuable, and that no man could beat Serena Williams at tennis. 
It's ridiculous. This transgender stuff is so incredibly and obviously stupid, and it, it, it's absurd. Because we have such obvious truth on our side, the issue is increasingly a winning one for conservatives, and that's a very good thing. The question, are men and women different, is such an obvious softball question. Obvious, unless, of course, you're committed to leftist ideology, that is, and then, well, things become difficult, because leftist ideology is convoluted and makes absolutely no sense. Senator Ted Cruz had a line of questioning that was superb. Are men and women different? He asked Ms. Gaines. Yes, of course. Should men and women have different sports leagues, or should they play together? Separate, of course. Why? Because men have biological advantages over women, and it would be unfair to pit them against each other, can the answer. Easy enough. But of course, the leftists have to try and muddy the waters. They pretend reality isn't what it seems. They pretend that this issue has nuance that our small middle America brains apparently can't handle. But in this case, reality is exactly how it seems. And there is no nuance here. Now, of course, I believe we should try to be respectful and polite and gracious to people with whom we disagree. We shouldn't mock non-public figures just to score political points. But at the same time, we should not allow the other side to make our people, the people on our side, feel stupid about our beliefs, because it's the left's ideas about gender that are patently absurd and stupid. We do indeed have truth on our side. Stay strong, knowing we are right, and we are going to win the day on this issue. Second up today. Heartbreaking news this week as five women were killed by a reckless driver fleeing police in Minneapolis. The individual who has been charged was also convicted of a hit and run in California for which he served three years in state prison. An interesting note about this individual is that he's the son of disgraced former Minnesota representative John Thompson. It's always the ones you least expect, right? John Thompson was very radical with his divisive racial and anti-police rhetoric when he was in the, in the Minnesota House, which puts him in the mainstream of the Democratic Party, essentially. It seems that John Thompson's hatred of law and order wasn't something he only exhibited at the state legislature, however. It's quite possible, if not probable, that Thompson's poisonous disrespect for the law was taught at home. Now, this is an absolute tragedy. Five young women are dead because of one man's selfish decisions, his refusal to grow up, and his commitment to being a scumbag, basically. It has been reported that one of the five women was set to be married very soon. It's infuriating and heartbreaking to know that that wedding will not take place. It's also been revealed that 2,000 individual fentanyl pills were found inside the car. It doesn't sound like any legitimate prescription I've ever heard of. Let me be clear. Each individual is responsible for themselves. John Thompson doesn't have to be held accountable for his son's actions. But we must ask ourselves a deeper question. Has the rhetoric from the Democratic Party fueled lawlessness? The answer is, of course, yes. The Democratic Party has been apologizing for criminal activity for quite some time. After the George Floyd incident, Democratic apologizing for criminals skyrocketed. Any burned building, car stolen, or person robbed at gunpoint was just a symptom of systemic racism. And we can't prosecute criminals because of systemic injustice, right? Minneapolis and many other big cities have become absolute hellholes. The only way out is to put far more criminals behind bars. Want to help disadvantaged communities? Well, make sure the criminals are off the streets. Want to feel safe taking your family to a twins game in Minneapolis? Well, make sure the criminals are off the streets. This is not rocket science. I hope, the family, for the, I hope the families of the victims are given comfort by Almighty God. I hope justice is done and the individual is held accountable. And I truly hope that one day Minnesota will again become a state where lawbreaking has consequences. Third and finally today, the Coast Guard announced that wreckage of the submersible that was exploring the remains of the Titanic has been found. All five occupants died. Many of you, I'm sure, have been keeping up with the story, but for those who aren't familiar, let's quickly recap. A small submarine with five passengers launched to explore the wreckage of the Titanic. The tickets can be purchased for a very, very, very hefty sum. The people in the sub came from a variety of different backgrounds. A few days ago, contact was lost with the sub, and a massive rescue effort was launched. 
Because the power of the sub was lost, they only had a certain amount of oxygen available, making a quick rescue important. In the end, though, it sounds like extreme pressure and catastrophic hull damage is what did the sub in. Now, this is a terribly sad story. I'm sure the loved ones of those aboard have been up every day praying for their safe return. It's tragic when something like this happens. But, you know, social media is a very toxic place at times. Many comments were shared on social media of people saying things like, who cares about some rich white people? And, well, if, if you want to pay to go to the bottom of the ocean, this is what happens. It's terrible. It's unfortunate that some people feel this way. I've even, even seen comments speculating about the political affiliations of the company who provided the submarine. I mean, come on, people, really? Maybe we aren't the biggest Titanic enthusiasts out there, but here's what happened. Five people who earned some money decided that they had enough curiosity and the explorer's will to go on a journey to the bottom of the ocean to see one of the most historically important shipwrecks that there is. That attitude of exploration and willingness to take risks, well, that's what brought this country into being, what helped us land a man on the moon. It's the very essence of the American spirit. So I don't care what, you know, I, I don't care what people think about the people in the sub. I don't care about any of the nonsense on social media. All I know is this, five people lost their lives and that's not good, it's a tragedy. We should all pray that God will comfort the families and friends of those who lost their lives. Well, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like the content that we are providing, go ahead and subscribe to the channel, uh, like the video. If you're listening to the audio podcast, uh, give us a five-star rating. Doing those things is tremendously helpful. It helps us grow and multiply the impact of the show. And remember one more thing, the CCP must be destroyed.